Motherboard is brought to you by Loopy Loo, Lidl's new and extended baby range. Hello, I'm Trina Mara and you're very welcome to our first Motherboard podcast. This podcast series will feature real mums talking about the beautiful but hard work of raising children today. And joining me in the studio are midwife Avril Flynn. Very welcome, Avril. Uh, my little Bobog blogger and mum of four, Kelly Carney. And last but not least, Tracy Quinn, mum of one. Uh, you're a mum of one uh, who runs a blog called Love of Life. You're all more than welcome. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having us. So Tracy, I'm going to go to you first. You decided you wanted to have a baby at the age of 23 when most of us are out clubbing. You decided yeah. a baby was the thing for you. What made you decide to have a baby so early? Well, my story is probably not the the norm in that it wasn't like a well thought out sort of gradual decision. It's kind of corny, but I literally woke up one morning and it was the clearest thing in the world to me. It was like I woke up and decided what I was going to have for my breakfast and thought, you know what, this would be a great time in life to conceive a baby. Um, and that is as casual as it was. I was like, oh my God, this is the thing. This is it now. This is the thing I need to do. I I, I just know I just need to inform himself. And uh, obviously we'll be on the same page about it. And we're so connected emotionally that this is just, this is it. This is right for us. Um, and I just started furiously Googling everything about trying to conceive, everything about if I got pregnant today, when would the baby be born? Because it was going to happen immediately, obviously. Um, and I just literally... That is how it happened. I, I I hadn't thought about it before then, <laughs> other than just dreaming as girls so, do. Did you bring it up that day? I want to have a baby, or um, were you doing a bit of research first on the side? I'd love to say I was kind of cool about it, but no, no, I was not cool about it. He got in from work, uh, my boyfriend, husband now, but boyfriend then, Peter, and he walked in and he was like, how was your day? And I said, my day was great. Come here, can we chat about something? And he's like, yep. Yeah. I've been thinking, um, how do you feel about having a baby? And he was like, look, it'll be amazing when it happens. Like, yeah, of course, you know, that's what In I 20 want. years, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. And look, when that happens, it'll be... And I was like, yeah, so like now, you know, and he was like, now, a baby. Oh, us, a real baby. <laughs> for for now, for us, a family, us. And I was like, I was like, yeah, like, obviously, like, that's the thing to do now. Um, and then I threw the whole fact that he was five years older than me in his face and that he should want it more than I should. Right, yeah. Um, But... Safe to say he wasn't exactly feeling the magic that I woke up with that morning. He was a bit, <laughs> a bit shocked by the, the subject. Okay. And then Kelly, you also had a baby in your 20s. I did. My firstborn, Kayla. I was, I think I was 22 when I had her. It was it was a surprise. Surprise pregnancy. Wasn't expecting it at all. I was in a I was in an unstable relationship at the time. I was living a home, part-time job, and uh I suppose I struggled. I did. I struggled with the idea of being pregnant so young. I had, obviously, I had hopes and dreams. My mum and dad had hopes and dreams for me, but um, it worked out. It did. It worked out in the end, and then I continued on to have three, three more shortly three more, after. She didn't put you off. <laughs> no, no, she didn't. She should have, but she didn't. <laughs> Avril, I mean, you're a midwife. Yes. So you see this every day. There are advantages to having children. Oh, yeah. Young. And sitting here at nearly 29 weeks pregnant to 37 I can tell you I, I'm feeling every <laughs> well I was 36 last yeah. year when I had my first so I'm with and you and my sister was as well um so yeah huge advantages um it's it's the old conundrum that your peak fertility is when you are much younger but a lot of people aren't in a position or a place that they can um and I suppose it's it's hard in society isn't it you get all these messages that you need to get a job go to college get your education and then all of a sudden you wake up and you're 40 and you go, oh, hold on, 
I've, you know, where, yeah. where is the baby part of this or the opposite? And I mean, I have a lot of friends as well. And I kind of, I'm a bit envious that they're at the other end of it now, that they've had their family much younger. Um, so physically there are benefits. Um, but I mean, it's all, it's all about perspective, isn't it? Like, I mean, I think there's no ideal right time. There's never there never right is. Time. And yeah, I yeah. think if you're waiting for the magic right time it never happens and um, you just have to kind of take what happens and make decisions that that are right for you at the time and I always say your instinct as a woman is such a powerful thing and um, and you will know the right decision at some point yeah. um, to know it's the right time for you and how like looking at these two amazing moms and their stories I think it's amazing it was the right time for them yes absolutely now last year it was uh, when my little one came along two weeks early on the 25th of June. So she's 10 months old. I was 36. And I don't know about you, Ravel, but I was feeling a lot of pressure from people around saying, you'd really want to be getting a move on, you know, people, do you not want to have children? You know, you're 36 now, you really? Yeah. And in the media, we were reading about these geriatric mums all the yeah. time. And I expected when I went to my first um, hospital appointment in the maternity hospital, I expected that I would be called this geriatric yeah, mum who would... To say I Which hate is that phrase. <laughs> Total. It's it, it is used in older medical textbooks. It's a phrase I hate because I fall into that bracket as well. Mm. Um, but I, I hate anything that labels anyone. And um, as a midwife, the whole point of being a midwife is that you're with women. That's what the word actually means. And it's a woman-centric um position on on birth and having babies and to label any section of anyone like expect people walking around in their zimmer frames and their bumps like it's awful and um, it also I think I think like you said it makes you feel like oh is there something wrong am I doing something wrong and at the same flip side for young mothers you know nobody wants to be called oh the teenage yeah. the teenage mm-hmm. which yeah, is, which just mom is not the term yeah, I think yeah. it's awful but you know I did come across that and I, I suppose because I was 36 having my first baby um you know you kind of go god like if I was to have another one you don't want to be leaving it for years and years and mm. years because time is kind of ticking. Somebody yeah. actually said to me once, tick tock, tick tock. Oh my I, God. I, I have to <laughs> say it's one of the things I really try and work against. You have no idea if they've maybe tragically had a miscarriage, mm-hmm. something hasn't worked out, if yeah. they're desperately trying and can't. Maybe they and, don't want a child. Or yeah, maybe that's, so and that, which is a perfectly you know correct decision for them and I think we really need to monitor those kind of phrases amongst Mm. each other and ourselves and when I actually hear it I actually kind of you know quite assertively say it's kind of none of your business yeah um because I know myself I have found people you know when you always find people in the toilet crying um I'm a magnet for that that it always turns out that you know we're actually really trying we're really struggling Mm. or um, my partner has just said that they don't want a family or stuff, stuff mm. like that. So I think we need to be really sensitive and particularly from a totally professional midwifery. You know, you just don't know people's stories and, you know, n- really genuinely never book, judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we all need to respect each other's decisions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with it's amazing that you have four kids. Mm-hmm. It's also amazing that you've won. It's also amazing that, you know, if somebody had none. Yeah. Um, and we have to be really kind and just a bit better to each other than kind of assuming people's story. But there is pressure, I suppose, then to maybe get a move on if you are planning on having two or three or the four reality, or five. The rea- reality, yeah. unfortunately, is, 
your fertility steeply declines after 35. And that's unfortunately just a fact. So for a lot of people, by the time they're actually ready and actually start, that's when they encounter problems, which is cruel, which is yeah. really, really cruel. Yeah. Luckily, there's lots of stuff you can do about that. But I mean, I myself, I had, before I got pregnant with this little person, I had an ectopic pregnancy. I was just married and ended up having an ectopic, which I have to say was, even though I have nursed and looked after people hundreds of times with pregnancy loss and ectopics, when it was me, I have to say, I found it really, really difficult brilliant in one way as a learning tool and mm-hmm. um, because I think and even this being pregnant I'm like my own um kind of, of exactly yeah. my own project um you know um to kind of understand different stages but I found that that struggle and I mean afterwards we really struggled getting pregnant again yeah. um you know to kind of understand how hard it is for people yeah. um, and particularly when you actually say that you've had a pregnancy loss the amount of people that have but have never said, which yeah, I found, yeah. which I find, you know, it's it's really challenging. Yeah. Is it more difficult to get pregnant when you've had an ectopic pregnancy? Yeah, well, you see, because you have an increased risk of it happening again. So it was a real concern that when I did get pregnant, even though intellectually you can say lightning doesn't strike twice and you know all the statistics as a medic, as a midwife, when actually something comes to your own door, you know, you do, you have oh, the same fears. It's your narrative now, mm. it's totally different. Yeah, yeah. And, but I really think, I and mean, I really do believe it has made me a far better midwife and a better nurse. And yeah. midwives and nurses that don't go through anything, it doesn't mean that you have to. You don't to have good, to have had a baby just, to, to exactly, be a good midwife. Exactly, yeah. In, yeah. The, in the same way that people people always said to me. Because I, I was always on the fence whether I'd ever have a family. It was always for me, maybe mm. I will, maybe, yeah, very much yeah. so. It was always... I don't know was and I never wanted to do it because I felt I had to do it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do it because it was the right thing to do. And um, for you know if I was at that time in life. So for me it was always and people that I meet now are like, "Oh, you, you did have one. We were we were taking bets whether you would." Or really? You <laughs> but um, how are you feeling now? Are you worried about this pregnancy? Not at or all. Are you at ease? Absolutely not. And that's one of the most frequent yeah. questions is do I not? Absolutely not. The labor and birth totally doesn't bother me whatsoever actually raising one <laughs> and that's why I'm so happy that's to meet you guys that's that's, that's, that terrifies me yeah. but the labour and birth not at all it doesn't phase me whatsoever yeah. Tracy can I talk to you about the weight issues because yeah. I know when you got pregnant you weren't the the felt oh, Tracy that's before much. us today um talk to us about what weight you wear if you want to do yeah not, no wear. problem at yeah. all um I, I've always struggled with my weight, so I was never not overweight. Um, I don't remember a time where I was never kind of maybe four or five stone overweight. So when I found out I was pregnant, I literally looked at the line on the stick and was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And about 10 seconds later, I weighed myself. And I remember thinking like in hindsight, now looking back now, that was so unbelievably bizarre, but it makes a whole lot of sense for me because the initial feeling was, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm pregnant. Oh my God. Oh Jesus. This is scary oh my God, how much do I weigh? I'm going to put on weight. I can't control this. How can I give birth? Oh my God, how can I raise a baby? I'm going to, I'm going to hurt the baby. I was just petrified. And I stood on the scales and I remember seeing uh, 15 stone, four and a half. And that was my, I just remember standing on the scales and looking at it for a while and going, and then Googling for about an hour. Like before I even told my partner I was pregnant, what is the average weight gain when you're pregnant? How can you stop gaining weight when you're pregnant? Is it dangerous to gain seven pounds when you're pregnant? How to, It was just, it consumed me from the minute I knew. 
uh, because it was the first time that actually weight gain was possibly out of my control. Did you worry about the health of the baby because you had weight on? Yeah, big well? time. I think before um, I was pregnant, weight is always something I associate with confidence in terms of clothes and just the aesthetic. So mm. just actually feeling confident um, in my appearance. I had never really considered it as part of health um, which is amazing because I would have been quite good at preaching that type of thing about health and what you should and shouldn't do. Um, but I never really related it to my own health and my own future. And I think once I found out that I was with child, I was like, oh my God, this is not just my vessel anymore. This is for mm-hmm. the two of us. And I have to protect this baby and mind this baby and birth this baby. And it just completely put it into perspective. It was completely about health. It was about gestational diabetes. It was about not physically being able to control myself when I was giving birth, not yeah. being able to give birth. Um, and, and I had this awful fear of like suffocating the baby, which I know sounds insane, but thinking all of my weight, the huge amount of my weight was in my stomach area. So the fact that I, I was going to inevitably gain a huge amount of surface area there baffled me completely. I couldn't believe that was even possible. Um, and I, I remember thinking, oh, that baby's going to get actually squashed and I genuinely thought that um I was petrified I spoke about it from day one to my GP to the midwives um but it was definitely the first fear I had I think googling is the worst thing you can do because not every pregnancy is the same and I thought like that I was going to gain four and a half stone yeah I gained less than one stone yeah same here now I did get gestational diabetes which we'll talk about again but uh, I wasn't expecting that but yeah like it's completely different for everybody yeah and sometimes the weight drops off after having a baby because mm-hmm. you're so busy as well. So you needn't have really worried. Look at you now. The birth. How was the birth for you? Oh, um, so I had four natural vaginal births. Um, they were all 37 weeks to 39 weeks. So my first, uh, Kayla, she was fine. Um, second again, Frankie was fine. But my third labour, uh, my third delivery, uh, with Katie, she she came kicking and screaming. She was in a hurry. So my I was 38 weeks pregnant. Um, my two kids, Kayla and Frankie, would have been, I think, five and one, just going on two at the time. And they were kicking and screaming all morning, wrecking my head. So I said to my partner, go out and get them pancakes, bring them to the park, do something. And he wasn't even reversed out of the garden. And I just got niggling pains, you know, those cramps, but they just kept coming and coming. So um, I was I went into labour in the house of my own and an hour later he arrived home and I was on all fours on the landing in full throttle in labour. <sighs> so I said to him, he's going to get neighbour. We had someone organised um, to mind the kids if I went into labour, but they were 20 minutes away. So we rang them. I was like, we don't have 20 minutes. I need to leave for the hospital now. So we went out onto the road to find the neighbour. Couldn't find one. So we found like a neighbour from the road, but like I didn't even know her first name since she came into the house. And I'm on, I'm literally in the hallway now at this stage going, get me into the van, get me out here. And it even like how I was getting to the hospital, we had the car and we had his transit van. And I was like, the transit van would be safer because if anything goes wrong, I could get into the back of it. All these things going on in my head. (laughs) So So the neighbour standing there with her friend that I've never met before. I'm on all fours in in a six by six hallway. So at my front door, um, my partner put the baby up, uh, Frankie up to bed. He needed that, put him down. And then I just realised, no, I'm not going to be able to get into that van. He needs to call an ambulance. So we called an ambulance. Um, 
five minutes later, I was like, where is it? Like we, I'm at this stage, I'm pushing. And I was like, I had the urge to push. So it's just trying to take it easy. And I said, ring them back. Uh, he rang, rang them back and he said, no, they're on the way. They'll be here in a minute. Um, and then we could hear fire, the sirens from a fire brigade coming down the road. Next of all, there's a firewoman walking up with a little bag. Now, when I mean strolling, and I'm in full <laughs> throttle labour looking at her, she's strolling up with a little bag. And I was like, if you, could you walk any slower? Like, so <laughs> she comes in and she's like, and I'm on all fours in the sitting room, uh, in the in the hallway, and she's like, you're, you're going you're gonna to have to go into your back. Like, she's looking at me going, and that, this is not going to work. Like, so with that, I turned over and mid-contraction, I turned over and literally she caught my child. Like there just there's no no other words. Like right. she, she was just in her hands and I was like, whoa, whoa. like what happened? So within there? how many minutes would you say from going into labor? Um it was less than an hour, but from full-on contractions, yeah. like uh, minutes. There was yeah. there was there is there was a point where I was like, this is grand, I can deal with this, just sit this out, like he'd be home soon. And then I went, this baby's coming, I need to go, I need to get out of here. Where is he? Here he is. I mean, it just happened so so quick. So after that, Kelly, how did you cope with it? Was it very stressful? Yeah. For you? Well at the time dramatic? I uh, in the beginning, I thought it was quite, oh, quite hilarious. I kind of made a joke out of it. I don't know if that was my coping mechanism about yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it wasn't until a while afterwards I kind of went, that wasn't cool. That mm. I suppose it wasn't until I came home from the hospital. I tried to breastfeed. And when she was close to me, I was kind of like, I wanted to breastfeed. But I was like, I don't want her near me. My partner went back to work after about two weeks. I needed a bit of time to recover because because I had her at home and I wasn't directed by a midwife. I ended up with a load of stitches. Um, so it was very uncomfortable. Couldn't sit down and everything like that. So he stayed at home to make sure, obviously, I'd healed okay. And when he went back to work, I'd be ringing him at like two o'clock on, are you finished now? Are you coming home? The, the kids are going mad. But it wasn't. It was more so that I wasn't actually bonding with her. Um, so you but wanted I didn't, to be able to pass the road? Yeah, to pass yeah. the road, to get a bit of a break. My mum was there, but my mum would look after the other two and I was left with the baby. So she was kind of like, you need to spend time with a newborn baby, you rest and everything like that. Whereas I was like, I'd rather be with the two younger ones and, and that would I didn't, yeah. and, but I didn't know how to explain it at the time. I didn't know mm. what it was that was wrong with me. So um, it wasn't until oh, <laughs> I found out I was pregnant on my fourth one, which was literally weeks later. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I basically, scary. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was. Terrifying. So it wasn't until then that I actually went, oh shit, I have to do this again. I, I have to have another baby. No, I can't do this. And I remember sitting down talking to him going, like the labour, it was the, everything about the labour. What if, what if I don't make it to the hospital again? What, what if I have to do again? this again? Yeah. Like reliving it, I was getting flashbacks. I was having panic attacks and it was just, it was horrible. I'd wake up with sweats and at, like, like, I still didn't understand why. I didn't understand why this, what was, why this was happening. So I spoke to the obstetrician in the hospital and the mid, one of the midwives in the kiln in the medical clinic. Uh, she looked after me through all my pregnancies because of the blood condition. And I remember saying it to her and she went, no, you, you have post-traumatic uh, post stress disorder. Basically, this, I'm certain of it. We'll go into the obstetrician, we'll have a chat, we'll have a chat with your GP. And she spoke me through it and I basically just told her how I was feeling and so from there, I went and I, I had a friend who is a psychotherapist and she basically, she, I didn't have to pay for it because she was my friend, but she, she basically sat me down, put me through everything I had to do. And she said, you like writing or something <coughs> that I like to do. I like to write. So she said, 
rather than I think you'd find it easier to write about things than to actually speak about them. So maybe if you write about what happens, it might help you. Yeah. revisit the it kind of makes me laugh which is like revisiting where it happens maybe writing where it happened so I was, it was in my hallway so I literally just sat on the stairs and I'd write about what happens think about what happens and I don't know how but it, it helped I actually want to like cry for you because it's just it's so reflective of I'm sure of how so many people feel that the actual birth itself yeah can have kind such of such an impact yeah. on your ability. It's not that you don't love. No. And that's one thing I really want to get across to mums. You know, it's such a difficult thing to say that I'm having a, a challenge here bonding. Mm. I feel like there's not a connection. Yeah. And the guilt factor of with what, that. Well, it's, but like you know, as soon as she did though, that's yeah, when the help yeah, started. But I mean, and and that's what I just said. Better, I think yeah. you're amazing. Tracy, you had a tough time as well afterwards with anxiety. Yeah, I for me, actually, it was kind of broken up into two parts. So the first part was probably about the birth. Um, so I was definitely one of those people who was 100% sure it was going to be natural. I was born to do this. Um, I think there were. Did you have a plan? Oh, I had the, uh, the like most. <laughs> uh, oh, it was literally the the most well thought out plan ever. I was I was born to give birth. I was going to be roaring like a lion. Um, I wouldn't need a hospital. I had my clothes laid out. I had my bobbin laid out. You know, oh, to match yeah. my tracksuit bottoms. It was it was going to be I fine. I had my hair blow dried before. <laughs> yeah, I got my nails done. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just knew, and like no matter how much people told me, look, Tracy, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit like different than you might expect, or you know. And I said, well, I'm certainly not getting the epidural. And um, I'm not getting pethidine. And my husband kept calling it Bepantin, which really annoyed me. <laughs> if, if they ask me, I'm going to tell them no Bepantin. I'm like, Bepantin is not cream. I just remember that. Um, and actually, it was very different. So I went into labour naturally, even though I was uh, due to be induced on the Monday. I went into labour that morning. And that night, the night before, by pure coincidence, on RT, there was a programme about animals giving birth in the wild. And I was like, we need to watch this. I was joking. <laughs> I'm going to get some tips here. My husband yeah. was like, let's actually watch it. So we did watch it anyway. Who knows? Maybe it helped. Maybe it didn't. <laughs> Went to bed. Woke up. Thought I wet myself. Had never happened to me in pregnancy. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I woke up my husband and I was like, I, th- I think I'm after wet. He's like, what do you mean you think? And I said, well, I think I did. But I also don't think I did because it doesn't feel that way. And anyway, as it turned out, I, it was my waters. And um went into labour, locked myself in the bathroom and was in total denial. My mother had to arrive and coax me out of the toilet to go to the hospital. I was like, the pains are actually gone. They're actually <laughs> totally gone. Last minute, don't you? Amazing. Yeah. At the last minute you decided, I actually don't want this to happen. Is that normal? Oh, every single, and sometimes it happens at the very beginning, but pretty much like I've had people go like literally like during the second stage, so pushing. And she go, actually, do you know what? Um, I'm actually not feeling this, now. Not feeling this <laughs> anymore. I'm just going to pack my bag. I'm actually just not going to yeah. do this today. And I'm like, okay, well, listen, we'll pack your bag. But would you mind giving me just one more push there? Just yeah. as you're going to because I think that's a, I really think that's an inbuilt thing because it's terrifying. It was literally yeah. like, there, because, and you feel so, although you're talking very to everybody, vulnerable. you feel very vulnerable yeah. and you feel very alone because very you're so aware of the fact that you are the only person who can actually make this, this happen. Yeah. And I remember my but husband had a rental I, I car. I felt, though, that sorry to interrupt, right. I felt like the midwives were just so incredible. Oh, like, my God, amazing. So incredible. Yeah. There's no way, and I don't know how you were managing to do it on your own, Kelly, at home, but if only for that midwife holding my hand, just holding my hand. Yeah. It was, it meant the world to me. You yeah, know? like even when you and said you the word midwife. you just want your husband there, you just want, and you do. But sometimes. Oh, no, it's that yes. sisterhood. Like, yeah. 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 Yes. yeah, having the midwife is incredible. Yeah, and I think for me as well, it was 
the fact that it was so like euphoric to give birth as in like the moment that you give birth and you see your baby is just unbelievable um I had absolutely no idea that anything could go down after that. Mm. I thought everything would be uphill. Yeah. Um, so for me, the biggest surprise was I couldn't believe how awful I felt afterwards. Um, emotionally, I felt fine in terms of like the bonding and everything, but I felt very emotionally unstable about the birth. Um, it wasn't how I expected. It wasn't the plan in my head. Um, I remember... Like when, um, and you hear the word distress a lot, you know, when you're watching like One Born Every Minute, which I did a lot of. Um, and I remember hearing them saying that the baby's heart was in distress and um, I was panicking. And I remember that a doctor came in and I remember before she said a word, she was putting gloves on. And I remember that feeling of why is she putting gloves on? She's about to do something and she hasn't even told me what she's about to do. And she said, Tracy, you need a bit of help. And I went, I know what that means. And she said, what? And I said, episiotomy and forceps. She was like, Yes, yes, it does. I was yeah. just, and she was like, how do you know that? I was like, I watch all the programs. I know what you're going to do. I was I like, this is the, the one thing words, I didn't yeah. want. Um, and like, it was fine in the sense that, you know, it, I didn't feel anything. I had the epidural. It was fine. But afterwards, like, and this is where it gets a bit TMI, I had absolutely no idea that hemorrhoids were a thing. Never heard oh, of them. Never heard of them. I thought are. I had actually lost an organ. Here's your sister. Oh, yeah. I probably <laughs> kind of had me think about it. I couldn't sit down. That's what it feels like. It yeah. was just be worse than yeah. any of the labour pains mm, yeah. I couldn't and you know what the worst part was I was so needed then by the baby um, and then he would cry and I physically could not move from the bed I actually mm. the minute I moved an inch I go and I, I just burst into tears and none of the other mothers seemed to be going through that and I remember thinking there was a lady beside me who had a c-section and it's amazing how your perception could be so skewed I thought a c-section would be a much more difficult recovery mm. because you've had surgery and she was up and she was chatting on the phone and she was in and out to the toilet. And I couldn't even get to the bottom of the bed. I know, yeah. And I, I just, that was the biggest struggle for me at all, to just accept that actually you think that giving birth is the finish line in terms of getting your body back, in terms of being in control again. And I've never felt more disconnected from my body in my whole life. Yeah, I have to agree. I had a similar experience. Did I you? had an episiotomy as well and I had a third degree tear. Yes, so did I. So, um, and four sets of delivery. And... The afterwards, the, the oh, hemorrhoids, unbelievable. the constipation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, Which was just horrendous. It's like, please give me something. And then we had to just see, had to see as well whether my gestational diabetes was still there, whether it had gone away or not. But um, I remember the, the two weeks afterwards, and all, and like yourself, I bonded really well with, with the baby, and that was great. But it was just the physically being able to get up and down the stairs and then the embarrassment of, I felt very embarrassed having to get somebody to help change my dressings and, oh that was hard yeah. you know and check mm. the dressings and, that. and I know like the, the community midwives come around they've seen it ever they've seen it all but I didn't want them to see me yeah totally. you know and <clears throat> um, but I found that really really difficult the, the two weeks afterwards and then that's also when you're so tired that's when you need two weeks to just switch off from the yeah. world to recover like uh, physically and emotionally but you're so you're needed more than you've ever been needed in your whole life by this tiny human yeah. how do you think it's it's changed your relationship with your partner or has it changed your relationship with your partner um I would have always suffered with anxiety and it would have been undiagnosed for years I never realized that um change was just a massive trigger for me um, and even to this day I I need to be in control of what's happening I need to kind of find my little flow, get into the rhythm of something and then not have many things interrupt that. That's my like kind of happy zone. So anything that sort of disrupts the harmony is a bit of a trigger for me. And I never really anticipated how much that would come into play with my relationship. So I remember even before I gave birth, I remember saying to Peter, who was my boyfriend at the time, husband now, and I said to him, 
this is going to sound like a mad question, but like, do you, will I still be like your number one? And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, you know, but you always tell me like, I'm the most important thing and like, I'm your princess and all this stuff. Mm. He was like, yeah. And I'm like, will I still be that? And I'm saying it very factually now, but I was saying it probably blubbering mm. with tears. And he was like, oh my God, of course. And I said, but like, how is that possible? If, you know, they say you love your child more than you love anything in the whole wide world. And I can't imagine loving anyone more than I love you. And um, all that anxiety was just there even before the baby came along. Um, so for me, I probably trashed it out enough that when the baby did come along, I'd probably dealt with the bulk of it. He needed um, to give you the attention. I when think the baby so arrived. as well. And it yeah. wasn't even like in a high maintenance way. It was just emotionally, I think. Um, but if you want to kind of talk about things sort of uh, changing your life, a baby is pretty much up there with the biggest thing that will ever do that. Yeah. Um, and you don't feel like the same person. And that's very hard to articulate because you are the same person um, and you have the same belief systems and, you know, you, you are biologically the same. But everything about the world, as you know, it changes in an instant. Everything I found that the baby, I think, completely. Yeah, and also... Yeah like things I used to care about. I just mm-hmm. suddenly couldn't have cared less about certain people who maybe nights were out, draining. Nights out, things that you not Totally yeah. stupid arguments used to have. And it's not even in necessarily in a romantic, the world is so wonderful, um, everything is just kind of through rose-colored glasses. It's more just you don't actually have the time to be as selfish as you perhaps used to be. And for me, anxiety is majorly narcissistic because it's, it's all about what's going to happen to me or the people that I love where suddenly now the focus and the spotlight is on something that didn't exist yesterday. Yeah. This human who needs every bit of energy you have. From you. Um, yeah. But it's definitely a hard um, hard thing to accept that your relationship is going to be so completely different. But it does but settle it and it great. becomes it so unbelievably amazing. in a good way as well. How about yes. you? I, I got where we got closer, if anything. I think I so. That's even possible. Same with myself. And possibly because I've given him this child that he absolutely yeah. idolizes, yeah. that his parents idolize. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's given them so much that, you know, he didn't have before and it's because yeah. of me. Yeah. But they you don't know, have amazing. to have the baby though. They yeah. don't. Write that down to earth now. The national voice of reason yeah. over there. Do you have any advice for for people who are soon to be mums? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, and it's something we've all we've all said, is to be kind to yourself, and that there is no right way; it's what's right for you, and that we are the hardest judges of ourselves. Everybody, we're so like you said, like anxiety with all due respect, it's not narcissistic. Anxiety is a real yeah, thing that, that everyone, was a bit that everyone, no, but for you, but yeah. that's how we judge ourselves, mm-hmm. that it's somehow that it's, we're, you know, and we're, everybody, no matter who they are, is trying to do their best. Mm-hmm. It's trying to be the best mom that they can be, is trying to make the best decisions for their family, is trying to do the best thing. And just to cut yourself a large amount of slack yeah. and nobody has it all figured out. No. Nobody, like even me, somebody who has cared for literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women from like trying to get pregnant right up until they've had their baby. And I still am wiggling around figuring this out mm-hmm. every day and still having like, oh, you know, today, am I a bit bumpy? You know, and I've had challenges with my own body. I, I didn't expect to feel like I would feel pregnant. I feel very different than what I thought I would feel. Yeah. Um, and that's been a relearning curve and I'm supposed to know stuff. Well, thank you so much to my lovely panel for joining me today. Thank you for being so open and honest about your experiences and uh, my God, you've got your work cut out. Kelly, with her four kids, you've got one, you've got one on the way. I can only uh, 
wish you the best of luck as well. And um, finally, thank you to all at home for listening. Please do like and subscribe to the Motherboard podcast. And if you have any comments, feel free to send them to the team here at Family Friendly HQ or rollercoaster.ie. You're going to find them on Twitter and Facebook. Motherboard is brought to you by Loopy Lou, Lidl's new and extended baby range.